0: If people aren't
1: telling you you're crazy, you're not striving. You're not doing something enough. right. Yep, you're not aiming high enough.
0: Not dreaming big enough. Yep, and and, and right. I love it when people tell me that. Now, granted, some of the things that I think about are just crazy as shit. I get it. Right. But most of the time, I tell people my ideas, and they're like, "Yeah, that'll never work. You're crazy." I'm like, "Thank you."
1: welcome back everybody to the redemption road podcast i'm your host doc john here on redemption road we are interviewing high performers to hear their life hacks to get past the worst of obstacles and live a life of thriving and abundance today's guest is an entrepreneur with an extensive background in sales marketing and leadership he has a passion for people and he's hyper focused on the client experience And his companies have won numerous awards for service excellence he and his companies have been featured Incorporated Magazine, Qualified Remodeler, and Remodeling Magazine. He founded Building Raving Fans to provide businesses the tools to increase their online reputation, enhance client experience, and drive profits. And his motto is, it's not your customer's job to remember you, it's your job to make sure they don't forget you. It's my pleasure to introduce Clifton Muckenfus. Clifton, great to have you here with us. Welcome, my friend. Doc John,
0: my man. Hey, it's a pleasure to be on with you. I can't wait. Uh, to mix it up with you here today and add some value to your audience, my friend.
1: I am so grateful to have you here. Well, let's get right down to it. So, our theme is redemption, and uh, I like to hear about what everybody's overcome. And you've been a very successful person in a lot of arenas in your life. Uh, but I'd like to open up to you now and hear about some of the struggles because nobody sees those. Everyone sees the successes, everybody sees the accolades. But let's talk a little bit about the. Struggles that maybe led up to that for you earlier on in life, and how you overcame them. So I'll open that up to you.
0: Sure, you 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 hit the nail on the head. Everybody looks at uh, my life and and others uh, on social media. That's where most people get their uh, perspective, right? And they say, "Man, that guy's got it made," or you know, uh, "Man, you're super successful." You know, that overnight success story that everybody talks about. You know, my overnight success story is taking I don't know about 16 years. Uh, to achieve but uh, my life uh, has not been without its fair share of struggle most of which i'll share is my own doing and so I, I was born in 1977 and my parents got divorced when i was when i was very young at the age of 2 and so, uh, I'm an only child, and, and growing up as an only child, you know, I always thrived uh, on attention. Uh, that was sort of my my love language, is how how could I just feel loved? Mm-hmm. And what I used to do is just, you know, how can I just go out and, and be the center of attention? So, I did that my entire childhood, and, and even into high school and you know, not proud of this, but I'm happy to share these stories. But you know, when I was in high school, I I abused alcohol. I mean, there were times where, you know, we would meet up before high school. And if any of my high school teachers are listening to this, you may already know these stories. You may not, but uh, we would meet up and uh, and, and crush like a, a six pack, a twelve pack, uh, and and then go to go to class. Um, but but I did that through high school because I thought that was the cool thing to do. Sure. Right. It's how I got friends. It's how I got people to want to hang out with me. And that was again, how I felt loved. Right. And so, uh, I went, I went, graduated high school, went to college, I went to Clemson university and that's a huge university.
1: Absolutely. So
0: I'm one, one person in this big, big, uh, university. And so, uh, I figured out, okay, how can I just be around a lot of people? So I I, I joined a fraternity and um, I just started partying, man. It was what, uh, I just lived for a good time. That's how I felt, you know, satisfied at the time. And, you know, while I was in college, you know, I got arrested six times. Six times. Six times. Anywhere from uh, fake ID Minor in possession, minor in possession, shoplifting, disorderly conduct, uh, assault and battery, and the worst was aggravated assault where I was facing 10 years. Wow. Uh, In a drunken stupor one night, some guy hit me from behind at a stop sign and I got out and walked back to his car and um, he rolled his window down and three other guys in the car said that I needed to do this or they were going to do that and I just hit this dude about 20 times through a window. And, um, uh, his face just opened up looked like a crime scene, and I drove off two days later, The university police department knocks on my apartment, and uh, I got arrested. Uh, aggravated assault and battery of a high and aggravated nature. And so, anyway, beyond those arrests, how could I be the center of attention? Well, I started selling and abusing drugs, again, abusing alcohol. And so, It's, it's pretty interesting because you look at my life now and it's completely 180 degrees
1: from that. Can't even imagine what you just told me.
0: I I know. know. And we, we, we talked a few weeks ago and I mentioned arrested seven times and you're like, hold on. What?
1: What? We talked about the same (laughs) guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so that was all in college. Right. Uh, But here's the crazy thing. The semester I was supposed to graduate. I just never went to class. I got high every day. I got drunk every day. And um, and I remember my mom calling me and saying, hey, honey, we're so excited. We can't wait to come to graduation. We got our hotel rooms. And I'm like, I probably should tell you I have not gone to class. You should probably cancel those uh, reservations. And at that moment, you know, you, you, know, you have children or, or son sure. at least, and, and I have children and, and we years, want the yeah. best for them. And sometimes when they disappoint us, we don't always approach them with empathy and love and support, which is what we should do. Right. Sometimes our natural reaction is to get angry because we're afraid.
1: Sure. We have and the expectations is- that we have for our children. And, you know, we we have this preconceived notion about what we think they should be doing or the path they should be on. And then you de- they deviate from that. And then we're like, okay, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here?
0: <laughs> exactly. And so in this case, this. in this case, my mom is afraid that I'm not gonna graduate. She spent all this money for me to get this education. And here I am telling her I haven't gone to class. Didn't tell her why. Didn't tell her I was selling drugs and partying and all this kinds of other stuff. But anyway, so she responded with, You're never gonna do this, you're never gonna get out of there. She was just frankly pissed. I don't blame her. But I made a commitment. I said, you know what? Um I'm gonna double down and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it happen. And so I just made a commitment that. I was gonna not focus on the good time and the partying and all of that, and I was gonna focus on my studies. I ended up doing really well that that next semester, and I and I graduated and I moved down to Atlanta, Georgia. I uh, got a job. Now here's the crazy thing, or what's hard to believe, perhaps is so through all of that chaos, struggle, arrest, partying, drugs, all that shit, I actually did three very successful internships with a Fortune 500 company. Uh, three summers in a row. Um, And, and so when I wasn't in an altered state, like I could get really dialed in and, and really focus uh, and, and, and produce some really good results, but it was
1: all or nothing kind of
0: exactly. And whatever, and whatever it was, it was all in. So if it was, if it was part extreme or the other, Correct. Exactly. And so when I moved down to Atlanta, I, I, I after graduating, I got a job in the, in the tech sector and uh, quickly moved up through the ranks. I was the 35th employee. And at the age of 23, I had the opportunity to actually run and be responsible for their client services uh, division. I had some folks that were working to me, reporting to me, and we were building out uh, a really good product. However, if you remember in 2000, uh, Doc John, Uh, The technology sector blew up. Worse. Right? And so I went from employed, you know, on an upward trajectory to unemployed because the entire sector blew up. And so what did I do? I went right back to what I was good at, selling drugs and partying. So I fell right back into that. And then I got a DUI. And I spent a couple of days in jail, got out of jail, and had an opportunity to um, go work in the parking uh, industry. So valet parking, had an opportunity to go join with uh, the former chief uh, people officer uh, at my previous tech company. He was now the CFO at this valet parking company. So I took that job. They kind of fast-tracked me through management and crazy thing about that is I just kind of learned how to turn that into a drug ring and was selling this and selling that and doing this and doing that and again man it was just a bunch of self-sabotage I mentioned that off air self-sabotage
1: talk to me more about that what what was what do you think your mindset was at that time what do you think that you, when in doing these things you know when we're living in extremes like that when we're either working really hard and doing everything real well like you do in the internships or when you're you know getting involved in substance abuse and selling drugs and, and you know getting in drinking and you know getting DUIs. You know, when we're living in extremes and it can be, you know, with drugs, it could be for some people sexual behavior, some people it's risk-taking behaviors, things like shoplifting or driving cars fast or jumping out of airplanes, whatever it might be, we're doing these kind of extreme things. And it's usually a way of self-medicating something. And yes. we're self-medicating some underlying, you know, deep feeling or some, you know, some belief system that we have about ourselves, the world, and the future. Talk to me about what it was that you were self-medicating at the time, and what was your self-talk underlying?
0: It's it's a really good question. And I think that um, I was just I was just longing for attention. And I was just living for the wrong reasons. I was living for my own selfish desires to please myself. Mm-hmm. I was chasing money. I was chasing opportunity. I was chasing women. I was chasing a good time because I thought if I had all of that, I would somehow be complete. I would somehow feel fulfilled.
1: That would be it. You know, that's yes. why you hear, hear people say all the time. If I had this, that would be it. If I had that woman, that would be it. If I got that car, that boat, that job, that money, that would be it. Yes. Never it. That it never exists.
0: Exactly. That Here's girl, what grail always it chase. Yes, here's what it got me. It got me a hole. I had a hole in my heart. H O L E hole. Because mm-hmm. the more of that stuff I had, I realized that I wasn't any more satisfied. So I just continued to chase the next thing. Um, you know, but here's 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 what happened. So I moved up to a, to, to Washington D.C. working for the parking management company, and uh, I was I was dating a girl at the time, and again. Chasing money, chasing a good time, chasing opportunity. Uh, and I was making incredible money. But what I was doing is I was sacrificing what I was telling myself was the key relationship, which was her. And I just remember one day, you know, she she says to me, hey, I'm, I'm going to leave here and, and, and get out of here because all you do is work, 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 work. You don't show me any attention. The same very thing that I said that I needed was the attention. Right. I was not giving to that person. And so she moved. She moved to Orlando, Florida. And of course, at that time, I was about 25 years old. And so what did I do? Oh, I got to follow her, right? Because again, I'm still in that chasing money opportunity women mindset. And so I went to my company. I said, I need to move to Orlando, Florida. And they said, good luck. We don't have any opportunities there. So I went and worked for a competitor who had an opportunity down in Orlando and I moved to Orlando. Well, guess what? I got here and realized that that relationship wasn't the relationship that I wanted. It no longer served me. Again, man, very selfish mindset. And so I broke that relationship off. And of course, um, if you live with that person and her roommates are like, wait a minute, you broke up with her. So you got to get the hell out of here. I knew nobody in Orlando, Florida at the time. And so uh, I'd met a few people, but not really, not really many people. And this one gentleman I met, was like, "Hey man, I got some buddies that are moving to the east coast of Florida. They've got a, a condo over here. It's got no furniture. Uh, I don't even know if it's got power on, but you know, they said you could go stay there." So I literally went and moved into essentially an abandoned condo, uh, uh living on the floor and was just again, broken. Still whole in my heart,
1: right? Would you say that was your rock bottom moment?
0: I would say that's pretty close. Very very close. Um but It it, it actually, there is a rock bottom moment. Um, Most of your listeners are probably thinking, damn, this has got to be the rock bottom moment. But I'll fast forward a little bit. So a a couple of months later, I left that parking company and um, I went into the mortgage business. The one guy that set me up in the condo, he worked in the mortgage business. And I said, hey, man, I just hate this job over here. Can you give me a a shot? He was like, yeah, if you want to sell mortgages, I'll give you some leads and tell you how to do it. And boom. Had no previous experience selling mortgages. Didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was good at sales. Uh, most things illegal. But anyway, he gave me an opportunity. And so I was pretty successful at that. And here's the the, the cool thing apart. This is why God is so amazing. Because he sent me out with, with, with Mike Sheets one night. Mike and his girlfriend at the time, Shannon. And we were in a little, little watering hole in Altamont Springs, Florida. And about midnight. This, this this lady walks in. This this young girl walks in. She she introduces herself to me, and it ends up several years later. She ends up becoming my girlfriend, my wife, and her name is Marianne. But she she wanted a relationship at first, and I have I wanted nothing to do with with that because I just gotten out of a relationship. But God knew what I needed. Right. God knew I needed a person that was completely. Unlike me, mm-hmm. and that's I feel like you're
1: is. telling my story to me. <laughs> 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 I, have a, I have a similar situation to that, <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: and and so here we are in Altamonte Springs, Florida, and uh, my grandmother, who I grew up with, uh, she then is battling cancer for the third time, and I had an opportunity to move from Florida up to North Carolina. Marianne got a, an opportunity to also get a job up in North Carolina. But before that, I thought we would just go out with a bang. So we got hammered one night and, uh, uh, my neighbor, we pissed them off. He came over banging on the door. got in a fight with him and, uh, and I got arrested one more time. And so I'm like, holy shit. Um, but we moved up to moved up to North Carolina, John. And, uh, this was in 2008. Guess what happened then? The mortgage market was absolutely Mm -hmm. in peril. So we moved to North Carolina. My grandmother passes away. The mortgage company goes bankrupt. I'm with a girlfriend of a relatively short period of time in a new area. I just moved her from, you know, 45 minutes from the coast, from the beach in Florida. And she looks at me and goes, what now?
1: Time to pivot again.
0: And I'm like, Shit. don't know. But I shared this at an event recently. And what she said to me next was one of the, probably one of the most pivotal things someone had ever said to me. And she looked at me after I said, I don't know what next. And she goes, I believe in you. And if you've ever had someone say that, I mean, I have chills right now because I can remember that day it's like it was yesterday, because up until that point, nobody had really said to me, I believe in you. And here's why they didn't say that. I gave them no reason to believe
1: in me. Gotcha.
0: Imagine you're arrested, you're a drug dealer, you're addicted to this, you're addicted to that and you're doing this and you don't, who the hell is going to believe in you? You're giving them no reason to believe in you. But when she said that to me, it was just something. And I've I've reminded her of this a couple of times since. Actually, often I'm like, holy shit, you said that to me. And it just, just, you know, set me, set my mindset in a different direction. But I still didn't know what I was going to do. But I asked her, what do people hate to do? She said, "People hate to cook and clean," and I'm like, "Yeah, no shit. All right, cool." So <laughs> I went to my, so I went to my apartment community clubhouse and sitting in there in their, um, uh, their community center, I created these flyers and I started a house cleaning company. That's pretty rock bottom. I I, I got nothing.
1: You're right? solving a pain point for people, though.
0: But but I am solving a problem. But then, I went from making probably well into the six figures, probably 150 grand parking cars to living on the floor in an abandoned condo (laughs) to to barely making any money selling mortgages to now I'm unemployed to now I'm cleaning toilets, right? But I grew that business pretty substantially over a few years. I mean, I ended up, uh, solving a problem, house cleaning. Then I grew it into a janitorial business, into a commercial cleaning company, into a construction cleaning business. Uh, so we grew that to, to, to a pretty, pretty substantial business, um, for me and a couple of people, but believe it or not, I mean, I just wasn't, I wasn't passionate about cleaning toilets. Uh, so in 2010, my childhood best friend comes to me who happened to live in North Carolina as well and said, Hey man, we should start, we should start a company. We should start a, a, a siding roofing windows and door company. Nice. And I'm like, cool. So we talked about it. <clears throat> we, I came home and, um, I said to Marianne at the time, uh, we were married then I said, Hey, I got a great idea. And she's like, Oh shit. What? <laughs> I said, I'm going to go start a siding, roofing, windows, and door company. And she goes, I've known you for a while. I've never heard you talk about siding, roofing, windows, or doors. You own a cleaning business over here. Like we have a a newborn, like what's going on here? And I said, you just got to trust me. And she looked at me again. She goes, I don't know, but I believe in you.
1: That's so empowering to hear that.
0: It says Twice. In a matter of a couple of years. And so I went uh, to this brewery locally. And on a post-it note, I had I had this business plan written up that, you know, I needed $1,500 from you, $1,500 from you. And I was going to put in $1,500. And on $4,500, I had a business plan to go start a remodeling company with no experience. But I had a 1991 Ford panel van with no heat, and no AC. So I had that but it also had a leaking gas tank. Um, But my buddy looks at me and goes, yeah, uh, you're fucking crazy. I was like, cool, go get another round. I looked at my other buddy and I was like, cool. I don't need 1,500 from you. I need 1,750 from you and I need to put in 1,750. So now instead of having a 4,500 startup budget, we got 3,500, let's go make it happen. Well, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I went and knocked on some doors went and made some connections, went and had some conversations. And one lady gave us a shot. And that, that lady, Miss Ellen Farrell, uh, that business took off. And, uh, my wife at the time ended up taking over the cleaning business. And I went full time into the construction company. We did our first million dollars within about, uh, 16 months of being in business. And, um,
1: And, And it's funny because everybody, every entrepreneur will tell you that somebody told them that they were crazy. Anybody who did any kind of pioneering work or, you know, broke some new ground that nobody had ever done before, everyone gets told they're crazy.
0: John, here's what, here's what I I believe. If people aren't telling you
1: you're crazy, you're not, you're striving not doing something right. Yep. You're not aiming high enough.
0: Not dreaming big enough. Yep. And and, and right. I love it when people tell me that. Now, granted, some of the things that I think about are just crazy as shit. I get it. Right but most of the time I tell people my ideas and they're like, yeah, that'll never work. You're crazy. I'm like, thank you. That's all I needed. Mm -hmm. And I normally prove them wrong. And so anyway, so we started that business. We were growing that company, uh, brought on some, some key people. And uh, I just, I just loved pouring into people. Here's the problem. I became married to my business. Gotcha. So in 2010, my son was born. Chase, his birthday is in three days. My wife's birthday is tomorrow. I don't know when this air when this will air, but her birthday is the first of June, and my son is the third. Happy but, birthday um, in
1: advance to everybody.
0: Yeah, thanks. And then mine's the fourth of June. So, um, but but anyway, so he was born in two thousand ten, and then twenty two months later, my son Cody was born, uh, and then in two thousand and thirteen, my daughter was born. So I had three children in five years and a marriage. And guess what? All I was, was married to my business. Because I felt like my business was going to fulfill me now. Right. Right. If you back up, when I was saying earlier, I was always looking to fulfill myself.
1: You, my you own finally family. found that it thing.
0: Yeah. And so it was my business. I became married to my business, which by my own admission, I sacrificed my relationship with my wife and my children. And, you know, there comes a time where at some point God gives you a lot of opportunities, Mm -hmm. but then eventually he says, you know what? Your ass better wake up. Right. And so I think my wake up moment was, um, in, in 2018, I was playing softball. I, I, I picked up a ground ball from third base, threw it threw it across in a championship softball game, and I r- just shredded my rotator cuff. Yeah, rotator yeah. cuff, labrum, bicep, AC joint, clavicle, five and one. Wow. And here's why I'm going to say that that was probably the best thing that could have happened to me. And what I'm going to share next is probably going to blow some people's minds, but I had this surgery And I got addicted to Oxycontin. I sat in a recliner. I became depressed, became reserved. I asked myself, this world would probably be better without me. Um, What the hell am I doing here? I ballooned to 230 pounds, fat, out of shape, unmotivated, miserable, angry, pissed off, all of that. And I looked around at the end of 2018, and I'm like, damn. My relationships are just in the toilet. I'm miserable. What the hell is going on with everybody around me? I went into this state of introspection, John. I just, I went through this kind of exercise where I just wrote down, what do I want? What do I want to be known for? Who do I want to be? What do I want my legacy to be? What do I want people to remember me by? Because if it's all of this other shit, that I've done over the last, you know, 13, 14, 18 years. It's not a story worth telling.
1: What do you want your eulogy to sound like? Yes.
0: And so on December the 23rd of 2018, I just made a commitment. I said, it's no longer about me. It's got to be about we. Yes. And so on that day, I downloaded the MyFitnessPal app. And I have tracked every single thing that I've put in my body that I've consumed since that day. Wow. With the exception of one week when I was on a boat in the Bahamas and I had no cell phone service. (laughs) (laughs) But the reason why that's important is because I believe that if you want to be somebody different, you've got to make some decisions i made a contract and a commitment with myself and so i went on this journey this personal development journey john and i committed to just being the best that i could be and i have to share this with you as well cuz my rock bottom moment i re- i referenced early er as your listeners can't see this but you can see this and i'm holding a letter written on some notebook paper and it okay, just I love, it.
1: It says love cody uh-huh
0: well, i'm going to read this Okay. And this letter says, Dear Dad, then I may cry. Dear Dad, I wish I could play a sport with you, but I know I can't because you are always doing work or something else. I can remember when we used to play sports all day. And now you can even barely go outside to do your workout, toss football of Cody. Wow. Now, post- posted about this on social media the other day. And I actually posted a copy of this letter because I had a very successful company. And the reason why I was growing this business is for them. I told myself for them, I'm building this big business for my family. And everything that I told myself I was doing it for, I was sacrificing. Mm -hmm. And everything I've shared with you so far could have easily been labeled as a rock bottom moment. And there were some bad moments, there were some dark moments. Sure. But when your eight-year-old, almost nine-year-old son writes that, that's my rock bottom moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, there's subtle hints. There's there's the feather, there's the brick, and then there's the truck. That's the truck.
0: Absolutely. And so just on that at that, at that moment, I just said, you know what? They don't give a shit how big of a business I'm growing. Nope. They don't care how hard I work. They don't really give a shit how much money I have or we have. What they care about is my attention. What they care about are the memories. What they care about are the tossing football.
1: Mm -hmm. You're the best toy that your kid has. You can do things like that. no other toy, all those other things that you could buy with money, you know, that from working and everything else. You know, all those things that you can buy, you, you you still can do more than any of those things that you can buy them.
0: Correct. You're and the so
1: resource they have.
0: Yes. And, and your kids think you're a superhero. And, you know, so it was at that moment as well where I said, you know, wow, I, I've got to just pour into them. And so that's, I just committed that, you know what, I'm going, They that's someone I created. They are my wife. My wife, Marianne, my son, Chase, my son, Cody, my daughter, Cameron, I'm on a mission to serve God by serving them, by serving other men and women, by helping them become better humans. And so I just said, you know what? Uh, I'm not in love with my business anymore. Uh, I had some disagreements with my partner at the time. And again, I know that God was orchestrating and putting all of this into motion for me to be able to serve him and to serve others in a much, much broader way. But anyway, so here we are in in 2019. We were planning to go on vacation and rent a catamaran. Well, a a hurricane came through and crushed the Bahamas and the Caribbean. And so we weren't able to go on that. In 2020, we had plans to go back on a catamaran. Um, Well, the world shut down. And so Mm -hmm. we decided that, you know what? we're going to write down, we're just going to go buy a catamaran and we're going to sell everything we own and we're going to go live on a catamaran. I'd never operated a catamaran. I'd never been on a catamaran. I had no sailing experience, nothing, but I wrote that down with my wife on January 14th of 2021.
1: There's never a perfect time to do these things.
0: There's not.
1: And so guess don't. what happened
0: over the course of the next 12 months You know, one of the things I I, I pray about and express gratitude for is, Lord, I'm grateful for the opportunities that I don't even know yet exist, but the ones that I know you're going to place before me today to use my talents to go make an impact, Mm -hmm. to be able to serve you. And unbeknownst to me, behind the scenes, God was putting all of this stuff in motion. I had an opportunity to go sell my company, sell my house. And uh, I had an opportunity to start pouring in to men and women, business owners, and coaching, and 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 uh, you know helping them become better business owners. Mm-hmm. And so I launched a coaching company in in 2021. And um, guess what? That allowed me to do I could go coach from anywhere. Exactly. Because before COVID, nobody knew what the hell Zoom was. After COVID, everybody's a Zoom expert. Yes. And so-
1: done lots of therapy over Zoom.
0: (laughs) Yes. One of the tenants, I own a commercial space here. One of my tenants does all of his um, uh, client calls via Zoom. But anyway, I think what's cool about this, John, is my mindset completely shifted. Absolutely. From me to we. How can I serve others? How can I help others? How can I glorify God? And the fulfillment that I was searching for and chasing after all those years that I never found, I now have.
1: You found your purpose. You found, found your meaningful my- mission.
0: Absolutely. And so now I went from whole, H O L E, in my heart, to now being whole, W H O L E. Mm-hmm. Um, And so it's just been an incredible journey. So we moved down the Caribbean. Here's the crazy part. So you want to talk about manifestation through visualization. You talk to people about some of this stuff and they're like, yeah, man, that's some woo-woo shit. You're absolutely (laughs) out of your mind. But on January 14th of 2021 is when we we wrote that down. Marianne, my wife, posted something on Facebook that says, all I want to do is sell everything I own and move to the Caribbean. January 14th of 2022, in front of about 60 of our clients. Um the mobile notary public walks in and I signed the documents to buy the Dream Chaser, which was our boat. And seven days later we moved to the Caribbean and uh, moved on to that boat. Love it. And so cool. it's it's just been a, a truly an incredible, incredible journey. Um You know, I just absolutely love, you know, connecting with business owners every single day, helping them overcome the same types of mindset that I once had and overcome those challenges in business and in life. You know, I tell people all the time, I am an unlicensed therapist. Right. Um,
1: But I bet you're helping people get over a lot of barriers. I mean, because... You know, and we talked about this uh, before we actually started recording the show. You know, you built the life that you did not have to escape from. And so many people have these self-imposed barriers, you know, you know, sell everything, go buy a boat, go move to the Caribbean. You can't do that. Well, fuck, fuck that. Who says you can't? Correct. Who says you can't? You know, it's like Debbie Ford talks about in uh, Dark Side of the Light Chasers. You know, people are born. Have you ever read that book? I have not. I was getting
0: ready to write that down.
1: Yeah. Dark side of the light chasers, Debbie Ford. I mean, she talks about how the analogy she gives is we're all born into these giant mansions with an infinite number of rooms, but because, you know, as we go along, you know, well-meaning people tell us that certain things aren't possible. Maybe parents, they're trying to protect us. They don't want us to get disappointed parents, teachers, you know, they they tell us things aren't possible. So more and more rooms get closed off to this mansion, you know, and then by the time you go through life, there's these limited rooms that you can go into, but yeah, it's not, you know, eventually you're closed off for no reason. And the things that people are trying to do to save you, it's kind of like a seatbelt too. You know, These these ideas that are made to protect you eventually later on in life, it goes from protecting you in a car crash to all all of a sudden you're trapped in the car and the car is about to blow and it's restrictive and it doesn't serve you anymore. It's holding you back. And so that's what a lot of these beliefs are, beliefs that might have been made to protect you before. They hold you back from getting what you want. And so being able to ask yourself, why not? Yeah, people say you're crazy, but- you know, these beliefs, they, they hold you back unnecessarily. You say, why not? And yes, I can do it. You're
0: exactly right, John. Here's, here's what I believe is that yes, well-meaning people, mostly your parents, your family, they want what's best for you. The distinction is they want what they think is Mm -hmm. best for you. Right. But I've also, come to know that when you share your dreams with people and they tell you you're crazy or they poo poo on your dreams, it actually makes them realize all of the shit that they gave up on. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that it just, they, they, most people are like, shit, you can't go do that because I can't do that. Right. But what I wanted to do, and I did, is I wanted to prove to my children that there's absolutely zero that you can't achieve. Right. With the right intentions, with the right heart posture, with the right plan, with a commitment, with discipline, with the right people, and for the right reasons.
1: Sure. The only limits are self-imposed.
0: Correct. And so that's what we did. And, uh, my kids, man, they taught themselves how to free dive. They taught themselves how to grab lobster and all this kinds of stuff by their hand. I mean, it was just a, a cool experience.
1: Um, we talk about You're it often. You're not going to get anywhere else.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, actually one of my kids is right now he's in sailing camp. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so, so that through that whole process, I really just, I just changed my mindset. I also just, uh, again, I got my, I get my fulfillment and joy from watching other people win. Yes. Nothing, nothing lights me up more than to just see other people just winning. I just love it.
1: Absolutely. And that sends the universe a message. When you celebrate other people's victories, the universe is going to send more success and more wins your way too.
0: Exactly. You know, what you focus on grows, right? What you focus on, you get more of. Exactly. Uh, And and so that's why, you know, uh, I'm always a a very positive person because that's what I want. That's what I put out. That's what I get back. So
1: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, you know, we were talking about gratitude off the set before. And I think that's, that's one of the things I think has been huge for you as well Is you know, you're, you're grateful, not just for what you have, but you're grateful to see other people winning. And, you know, when you're grateful, it's hard to be unhappy. It's hard to experience negative emotions.
0: Correct. Hey, when you, when you, when you are consistently grateful, guess what? You have more to be grateful for.
1: hundred percent. And that's, that's one of the things that I've always tried to impress upon people. Um, You know, a long time ago, I, uh, I actually was talking to a Buddhist monk and said, why is it that, you know, people get really upset when little things bother them? Somebody cuts them off in traffic, things like that, you know, but they can keep it together when something major happens. And you know, and and then um, Tony Robbins said something about years later, but the Buddhist monk said it's because the little things happen. It's because you're making it about you, you know, mm-hmm. or as Tony Robbins says, it's me fussing about me. But when it's not me fussing about me anymore, and you can actually have gratitude instead of mm-hmm. you know, fussing about what you're lacking, mm-hmm. gratitude about what you do have, that distress goes away. All of the emotions go away
0: absolutely yeah i mean i i i can look at any situation and that's my clients always they tell me this all the time cuz they'll call me with what they perceive as a problem right i'm dealing with this and this and i said yeah cool let's 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 be thankful let's let's figure out right now what what are what are the things that you can be grateful for right now like you're grateful you don't have to go to a job that you hate you, you you're grateful that you get to impact other people you're grateful that you know, you don't have any limitations on what you can earn. You're in charge of all of that and they're like, "Shit, man, you can always find something positive in 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 some some negative situations." I'm like, "Yeah, that's what you pay me for." I hope you realize that.
1: Yeah. There's opportunities everywhere.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Very cool. Gosh. Well, I need to be respectful of your time. And uh, this has been an amazing talk. I mean, just what an amazing story. I mean, all, I hear about all the things that you've overcome and just hearing about how you're able to shift your mindset. And you know, it, I think it's the most powerful message you could have is making it about everyone else and making it about we rather than me. And when you make it your goal to help other people, what um, you get back is so much more. It's exponentially greater in return. And that's when you have your purpose. That's when you have your meaningful mission. And that's what can keep you going every day. And that's what's going to be at the end of your life, keeping you from having this existential crisis. Because when you have that goal that you're constantly pursuing in life, you're not going to be disappointed. Come the end of your life when you're looking back on what you did, you're not going to have regrets. And so, absolutely,
0: I never want to have regrets at all.
1: I don't think you're going to have too many, my brother.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I hope not. You know, I I said to someone recently uh, at my funeral. I don't want to be having. I don't want my family to have to beg people to come carry my casket. I want people to to be fighting over that, and I want my 100%. children to be approached by a bunch of people and say, "Man, your dad had a profound impact on my life. My, your dad helped me do this. Your dad helped me do that." And again, it's not about me, but it's 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 about the impact.
1: Hundred percent.
0: And uh, and so at the end of my life. I just want to, you know, again, be be known as someone that uh, was a positive person, someone that spread joy and uh, served God by serving others. So uh, that's the mission that I'm on.
1: Well, you're definitely making the world better around you, my man. Uh, what's going on for your future endeavors? So uh, I, I know, I know you're just getting started. I mean, you're a guy that builds things and builds them really well. So uh, I know you got some things cooking, so uh, give us a little sneak uh, preview into uh, what we can expect to see from you in the upcoming months and years.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, I own a company, Building Raving Fans. We um, we work with small, medium, and enterprise-sized companies on helping them create uh, client gifting and employee happiness programs. So through uh, automation, um, which is a really cool thing to be able to stay top of mind with clients. Uh, I also own a, a coaching business uh, where I work with uh, clients in, in all areas of of business uh, and life. Uh, I'm the director of coaching at WinRate Consulting. That, that's Mike Claudio's yes. uh, company. So uh, I'm the director of coaching over there. Uh, I also own a a property management company, Dream Chaser Property Holdings, where uh, we are purchasing commercial real estate and turning that into rental space here in the Southwest Florida market. Um, I uh, have some some other things in the works uh, as well. I've got a book in here somewhere. Incredible. um, Also doing uh, doing some speaking engagements and things like that. I'm super excited to join you and the other uh, speakers in October in Tampa. And, uh, yes. yeah, man, just out here making an impact, man. And, and on a mission to go be great.
1: Wow. Sounds like, uh, some incredible endeavors you got going on there. And I'm very honored to have you speaking October 14th in Tampa at Indomitable Mind. Um, it's going to be an incredible event and, uh, I can't wait for you to bring the fire, my man. Absolutely. One last question. Uh, how can everybody find you? Yeah, you can find me on uh, social
0: media, Facebook, at Clifton muckenfoos on Instagram, at Boats and Bourbon. Uh, if you listened to the story earlier, you know I love boats. I uh, have an incredible bourbon collection. I just don't drink right now. But uh, so at Boats and Bourbon on Instagram, LinkedIn as well. And then I just want to encourage everybody uh, to go to buildingravingfans.com, buildingravingfans.com. And I want you to sign up for the Daily Dose of Motivation. This is not me putting you into a sales funnel. This is not me trying to uh, sell you anything. It's anything but that. But go sign up for the Daily Dose of Motivation every Monday through Friday between 8 and 8.30 a.m. a a motivational text message is going to arrive on your cell phone and in your inbox. And it might just be uh, the message that you need to transform your day, transform your life. The feedback that I've received after launching that uh, almost two years ago has been absolutely phenomenal. And so I just encourage everybody out there to go sign up daily dose of motivation. And uh, maybe that can help, uh, you know, impact your life and inspire you in a way that uh, you need to be great. That's
1: phenomenal. And it's, it's those little things that we put out there daily that uh, have the big results. And so I, I love that you're doing that. And I'm, I'm sure that's already had a tremendous impact. So. Thanks, sir. All right, everybody. Well, If what we talked about here today uh, resonated with you, if you got some nugget out of this, that uh, that really is going to help you going forward. If you know somebody that can benefit from what we were talking about today, please go out and share the show and uh, make it your mission to go out and make somebody's day, week, month, or year better and be safe. And we will see you next time.